Aloha, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with the Coach. This is our 76th edition of Coffee with the Coach, and we've got a real treat for you today because we have a special guest. Uh, we got two special guests, but the first guy I want to bring out is uh, one of the elite sports writers in all of the United States. His name is D. Orlando. He D is a uh, veteran sports writer, has been working at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, covering the Falcons since 2005. So he's been through a few regimes in Atlanta and really, really a guy that's locked in and tuned in to what's happening, not only with uh, Falcons, but all, you know, all, all Atlanta sports, but he's going to talk some Falcons with us today. D, welcome to the show. Hey coach, thanks for having me. Glad to come on the show and looking forward to chatting with you today. Now you were in London a few weeks ago, I understand. Yes, I was. Coach Jeff was over there for the uh, Falcons win against the Jets and uh, totally enjoyed the atmosphere at the Hotspur Stadium. It was uh, good to, you know, my second trip over and good to see the football. American football has uh, some room over there in London. All right, let's 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 take a little trip. You know, again, in your you know, we we whenever we have a guest on, we like to talk to them about, you know, how they how they got to this part of the football business because all of the people we you know we get coaches we get players we get general managers vice presidents writers you know all kinds of people come on media people come on d how did it start with you that you got into sports writing well you know i played as a, a youth and um you know uh got into you know college and couldn't play anymore played in high school uh, but wanted to stay around the game, started working at the uh, newspaper in college and uh, announcing the games at uh, Howard University. Uh, I was a public address announcer there and uh, writing the stories for the student newspaper and, you know, just trying to make some money in college. Uh, turned out my articles were pretty good and the journalism professor started uh, uh, pushing me for jobs and so forth. So I uh, was able to get into the newspaper business uh, as an intern, and then kind of just work my way from there uh, to to the you know old from high schools to colleges. You know, I covered Ohio State for a while, Marquette basketball um, for a while, and then uh, uh, ended up in the covering the pros on a full time basis in the '90s, covering the Green Bay Packers, and then uh, uh, moved on to Atlanta and been covering the uh, Atlanta Falcons since then. All right, now the Falcons, as everybody knows, have had a couple near misses in the Super Bowl, and uh, it's been—I would describe it as a kind of a tough road in Atlanta. You know, I, I talked to two friends of mine who have been head coaches in Atlanta, and both of them enjoyed their time with the Falcons, but um, neither of them—I uh, I guess June got the Falcons to the playoffs one year, mm -hmm. but uh, June Jones. But he, neither he nor Jerry were able to ever turn it like they thought they could turn it in Atlanta. And, you know, there's a there's an awful lot of head coaches whose careers got buried, <laughs> got buried in Cobb County. So why is that? What, what from your standpoint and you're close to it, you see it every day, you cover it every day. What is it that makes it such a tough thing for the Falcons to get on the, on the you know, as get as good as they should be? Well, you know, we've uh, I've studied some of the great franchises of the you know modern era. Uh, covered the Packers when able to see Ron Wolf turn them back around. You know, post Lombardi was a dark age for them too. And then when Ron Wolf gets there in '92, 
Uh, he turns them into what is now the modern-day Packers, the Brett Favre and Rodgers Packers. So um, I got to see um, them do it uh, up close. Ryan Wolf, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, John, uh, John Gruden, um, uh, Steve Mariucci. Uh, them were the coaches that I learned the game under. Uh, Sherman Lewis, Ray Rhodes, uh, Greg Blanche. So I learned the NFL under you know one of the best regimes in football. And what they did, uh, they, they, their hierarchy was uh, very clear. Ryan Wolf picked the players. Mike Holmgren and his guys coached them. Okay, that was so uh, clear that Mike left to go to Seattle because he wanted to help pick the players more and be a GM. The Falcons haven't come up with a winning formula. They said they want to uh, sustain winning over a long period of time, but they don't follow the pit, the, the 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 Steeler model. They don't follow the Packer model. Um, they tried to follow. They haven't followed the New England model. And those are the three teams that you know have sustained winning over decades and have uh, amassed Super Bowl trophies. So the Falcons have a different hierarchy. Uh, coming in under Arthur Blank in 04, had a, a different one under the Smith family where they didn't, um, you know, want to spend money allegedly. Uh, and under Arthur Blank, he's put in a business corporate type model that may or may not work in a football setting. Are we going? It got you to one Super Bowl. It's got you to some playoffs on a, sp a sporadic basis, but it hasn't turned you to, into a sustainable sustained winning football team over a long period of time like you've seen in Green Bay, like you've seen in uh, New England, like, and like you see in Pittsburgh. Well, let's go back to the last Super Bowl because um, Aldrick Robinson, who was on that Falcon team, is a, one of my old players. So we were down there covering the, the game, and I talked to Tom Dimitrov, who, interestingly enough, his – his roots are, are Canadian. He, yes. he uh, his, his father worked in the Canadian football league. He was, he went to school up here, but um, you know, you looked at that team and they had all those first round draft choices in that offensive line. And, you know, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and, and a stable of great running backs. And I really thought that they were at a point that they would be able to sustain that winning edge that they had over time. How much did the loss, in your opinion, take out of that football organization? Because that was a devastating – to be up that big and to not be able to close it out had to be completely devastating. Yes, Coach. Uh, we, we interviewed uh, – Coach, uh, we interviewed several different uh, mental health experts. It's like, hey, how do you get over this hurdle and so forth? And it looked like they handled it pretty good the first year. They went 11 and uh, five, got back to the playoffs, and then uh, lost to the Eagles on the one yard line. Uh, and, you know, the Eagles go on to win the Super Bowl. So, but what happens that next year is they get all these injuries. And if you remember, that defense had seven first or second year starters. Right. So, you know, they were going to build that defense. All them kids were going to get better. And, um, you know, the Falcons were going to have a defense to go with that offense. So, but that didn't happen because that next year, uh, they get hurt. They get hurt. Deion Jones, Keanu Neal gets hurt. Vic Beasley loses his passion for the game. Uh, so you got, you know, your secondary, Ricardo Allen gets hurt. So once all those kids start getting hurt and uh, uh, never mature, never grow into the defense that Dan Quinn thought he was going to have, then, you know, they missed on some draft picks and so forth. Um, 
And then now all of a sudden you don't have a defense. So then you go seven and nine, seven and nine, and, and you know, it just kind of fell apart. I thought they made it over the Super Bowl initial hurdle, but the landing wasn't very strong. And, and uh, you know, you ended up losing your defense and things started to fall apart after that. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and uh, you know, you think on a 53-man roster, you know, that you've got some room for error. But it doesn't take very many draft picks that don't turn out for you that you really start to get holes in your roster. And, and you know, we, we've seen that with injuries and, and a miss or two on the, in the draft. One guy, though, that I think, D, that they, you know, I think time, his history in Atlanta, I think people, Falcon fans and NFL fans, when he's done, I think Matt Ryan, people will look back and say, maybe we didn't give him the respect he deserved because I think he's really a fine quarterback. But you don't, when you talk about the top five, eight quarterbacks in the league, that's not a name that comes right right to your tip of your tongue. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, he got off to a great start. I've been here for the whole time. I'd have missed two games. Uh, you know, for, for some, uh, you know, personal reasons. But I've been there for every game. And he's he's a six-time pro bowler, MVP of the league in 2016. Uh, and if you protect Matt Ryan, you're going to have a chance to win the game because he learned how to read defenses. He knows how to throw the ball. And, you know, yeah, he might not be the, the best runner, but he doesn't need to run. You need to protect him, and he can move around and throw it. He's on par. uh uh, coach with uh, Philip Rivers threw for a lot of yards in San Diego. Uh, you know, got him in the playoffs sporadically, uh, but never competed for the title. Matt they made it to the Super Bowl. Now, if he can somehow get this new team back to the Super Bowl, he needs to win it, and then that will solidify him uh, nationally as one of the great quarterbacks of his time. He's already the best quarterback to ever play for the Atlanta Falcons. He's broken all of Steve Barkowski's records. Um, Mike Vick was the, uh, you know, going to be the best quarterback in team history, but he got sidetracked with his personal life. So, uh, I, unquestioned, Matt Ryan is, is a well-respected and highly regarded in Atlanta. Uh, the national respect doesn't come because the franchise has never had that, and they didn't win that Super Bowl. That's hurt Matt Ryan's uh, national credibility uh, in, a, in a great way. You know, it's incredible to think about a guy like Matt Ryan who's done what he's done and a guy like Dan Marino who did what he did. But those guys, you know, and, and until Matty wins one, he's going to be in the same category. You're measured so much at that position by your ability to, to deliver Super Bowl championships. And whether that's fair or not, I think you can debate it, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, Coach, I mean, you know, you got Dan who didn't get one. Uh, you know, you also got Warren Moon, but he's got Grey Cup titles to his yeah. name. <laughs> so that, that's another one. And, and we're going to see some more quarterbacks going here in the next few years. Brett Favre just had the one. Uh, we're going to see some others that, uh, you know, were great quarterbacks, uh, outstanding uh, players. It wasn't their fault that the uh, organization couldn't get a, a team around him or defense in, in Matt Ryan's case. He's never had a top 10 defense uh, with him going into the playoffs. Uh, so, you know, once you look at that and uh, state his case, we're going to see some other quarterbacks go to Canton that don't necessarily have the uh, Super Bowl wins behind them. Hey, let's talk about uh, phenomenal young talent that the Falcons took with their first pick, the tight end pits. 
you're around the kid all the time. What's your take on him? First of all, as a young player, right? And secondly, mm-hmm. where do you feel his ceiling is, D? Yeah, as a young player, they've uh, he's real humble, well-mannered kid. Uh, I know his uh, college position coach, Larry Scott, who's over at uh, the head coach at Howard University now, and uh, he gave us some great insight to him. His dad has been involved in his life, uh, played private school ball up in Philly, wanted to go to Florida because he wanted to be the best tight end that he could. And, uh, you know, I think that the sky is the ceiling for him. He's going to get stronger. He's going to he's gonna learn this year that he needs to be tougher. He's playing with real men out there, and he just turned 21. He just turned 21 last month. So uh, wanna, I want to see him get stronger and keep his athleticism. If he can do that, the sky is the ceiling for this young man. He's got great hands, a great route running ability. He's going to be difficult to, to guard and defend. And, you know, they're going to ask him to do a little bit of inline blocking as he uh, gets a little bit older and stronger. Are the, uh, Do you think that the offensive coaches in Atlanta are starting to figure out, you know, what they can do with this guy? Because he's such an incredible chess piece to me. I mean, to be able to, in my opinion, he has the same transcendent qualities that Kelsey has, where you can play him outside as a receiver. You can put him in the slot. You know, he can do an awful lot for you, and he's great after the catch. Are they taking advantage of those skills, in your opinion? Uh, yes, they are. I was uh, I did my midterm report, and he lead, he's leading the team in receiving yards with over 500, so he's on track for a 1,000-yard season, uh, you know, 38 catches. I think they've done a great job of getting him ready in the uh, historical context of the fact that most rookie tight ends – uh, don't perform at that level. You know, even Tony Gonzalez didn't start as a, a rookie. Uh, you know, uh, Ozzie Newsom didn't do that well as a rookie. So some of the great tight ends, you know, start slow. So he's off to a very good start, and they've done a great job of moving him around, like you said, uh, getting matchups. Uh, he has dropped a couple balls, but, you know, with better concentration, uh, that'll, 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 uh, that'll, uh, he can erase that part from his game. All right, now let's go over on the other side of the ball. Coach Pease has gone in there, and it's been an overhaul, I would say. That's the way I would describe it. Not philosophical overhaul, a personal overhaul, you know, personnel overhaul, excuse me. And and Coach Coach been a little prickly in some of those press conferences. Yeah, yeah. What's that all about? Yeah, he got up to me one day because uh, I was like, hey, where you get the pass rush from? And – uh you know, and he got all indignant about blitzing and, uh, you know, and not blitzing and playing man and playing coverage. He asked me if I ever uh, uh, put a secondary package together or something. I told him, yeah, I coached Little League, but nothing on this level. Uh, I just had to stop nine routes. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, coaches are entertaining. He doesn't have the, the pieces to run the defense that he's trying to run. He doesn't have outside linebackers. Uh, Grady Jarrett's doing good at penetration, but but he doesn't have anybody else up front to play with. So so they can't stay in the um, – they can't attack out of that 3-4 front like he wants to because his man-to-man coverage guys can't stay in coverage long enough. So he's got a, uh, he's got a tough job. He's really just trying to slow people down, stop them in the red zone, and make them kick field goals and, uh, you know – uh, try to get some turnovers along the way. So, 
So that worked on Sunday against the Saints, and we'll see. Uh, uh, that might not work against Dallas. They just have so many offensive weapons. Well, let's talk about that because I think, you know, you you haven't been in Atlanta for as long as you've been in Atlanta. Know that there are very few rivalries in the National Football League that are maybe more deep-rooted in the program than the Saints and the Falcons is. I mean, that is a big rivalry game. How what What was the mood in Atlanta after they were able to go down and beat the Saints? Yeah, the, the mood was really good. Uh, you know, I, I was able to see a lot of the Falcon fans after down in New Orleans uh, taking over the French Quarter. <laughs> they had a good time and flew back to town. And uh, just it's been such great, uh, such a great time around Atlanta with uh, the Braves winning, having their parade last week. Georgia being ranked number one, and so it was kind of fitting that the Falcons kept that going with a uh, big win in the last minute over their arch rival. So the fans were elated, and that, that kind of got their attention back to, to the Falcons here that, uh, you know, hey, they, they're going to be a factor here in the future, maybe not this year, but uh, they're back to 500 and back trying to earn their respect around the National Football League. All right, D, you, you know, Arthur Blank is getting up there in age now, right? And, you know, he's made it. He's made a statement previously that he, you know, he wants to win a Super Bowl before, you know, before he leaves his post as the head of the Falcons. If you, if he hired you tomorrow to come in there as the director of football operations or the general manager or whatever, where does this team need to improve itself the most in the draft and free agency to become a legitimate contender in a very tough division? Yeah, Coach, the main thing I would do is find the best offensive and defensive line scouts in America and go find me some 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 hogs, some, some guys that can move people out of the way, some guys who can get to the quarterback and stop the run uh, at the same time because this game is won in the trenches. Um, the former regime did a very poor job of drafting offensive linemen and uh, couldn't get the pass rusher thing right uh, to, you know, they just tried. They just kept trying and couldn't do it. Uh, so that's what I would do. I'd get the best scouts in America for the offensive and defensive line because I think I could find the rest of it. But uh, I want to win up front. I want to punch you in the mouth. I want to throw your quarterback around the stadium. So that's the kind of mode of a team I, I want to uh, have. If hey, I wait a second. I, wait a second. You sound, you sound like I'm talking to Jerry Glanville right now. Oh, yeah. I've talked to Glanville a lot of times. Yeah, so I probably did channel some Jerry right there because he, he wants that quarterback thrown around. No doubt about it. We, we'll talk about the grits blitz and his old defenses, and he gets fired up. I ran into him in Orlando in a casino a while back. But, yeah, love talking to Coach Glanville whenever I used to get the chance. You know what, Jerry's an all-time classic. And and uh, he told me something that I didn't realize that the Grits Blitz, that 1978 Falcon defense, holds the all-time record in the National Football League in the modern era for fewest points given up in a season. And people don't think about that. You know, you hear about the 85 Bears and, the you know, the Ravens and all yeah. the doomsday and and the pittsburgh steel curtain and all of that but nobody talks about that falcon team that was so great 
Yeah, that's one of the uh, uh, things the franchise got right early on was that Gris Blitz defense. And, uh, yeah, when the Ravens won, they got a little bit of notoriety, uh, not so much 85 with the Bears, but I think theirs was a 14-game season back in the day as opposed to the 16-game season. But, yeah, that's one of the great defenses of all time. All right, now, having known the Falcons as well as you do and as long as you have and as t- as tuned in as you are to that franchise, normally we at the last thing we do with our guests is we play a little word association, right? But I'm going to ask you a different. I'm going to ask you to do something different. You've been probably been out to South Dakota and seen Mount Rushmore, right? Right. And I want you to give me the five faces. If they went to Stone Mountain and they carved the five faces of the Atlanta Falcons historically, what would be the five that you put up there? Yeah, most definitely number one would be Tommy Novus, who should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Claude Humphrey uh, would be number two for me. Um, this is controversial, but uh, Deion Sanders would be number go. three, prime time. And Matt Ryan would go on up there for me as number three. Then number five, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go William Andrews over, and then some of the guys that got left out are Gerald Riggs, Julio Jones, Roddy White, uh, and guys like that. But those are my five. Well, you know what? I tell you that that's five pretty good ones right there, and you you could win with those five. I'm telling you right now, D. It has been an absolute blast having you on the show. Thank you so much for what you do covering the Falcons. Um, how can our listeners? We got listeners all over the world and viewers all over the world. How can they get to your stuff? How can they access, you know, what you're doing covering the Falcons? We got a ton of Falcon fans, and I'm sure they'd love to to tune into what you're doing. Yeah, no question. Thanks, uh, Coach. You can follow me on Twitter, on the Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. We tweet everything out. Our Facebook page is Atlanta Falcons News Now. And, of course, you know, we love the folks that subscribe to our digital products on AJC.com. All right, my brother. Hey, thank you so much, and it's great to talk to you. I'll hopefully see you at the Super Bowl. All right, Coach. Yeah, I'll be there, and uh, I'll hopefully we'll get to chat. I love right, you. Take thank care. Thank you very much. Thanks for doing You're it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You got it. All right. Thank you, D. Orlando. Really a great, great visit. Man, I love talking ball with those guys. Those, I love sports writers. Those sports writers, they got it. They are hooked up. They know the info, baby. What a guy, D. Orlando. D. Orlando came on our show in London, but but but, but also uh, I'm glad to hear he's going to LA, Jeff. Maybe we'll all see him there and have a pint or two. Yeah, that would be the, fun. Uh, that would be crack. fun. Our next guest is here. There's some questions. We'll do it afterwards. But our next guest is here. I'm sort of hoping that the Odell news breaks uh, before or after. But let's see if we can bring Phoebe in. Uh, her Wi-Fi might not be great, but we'll see. It's live. It's all it's all fun. And Jeff, it couldn't be any worse than your Wi-Fi in Hawaii last summer. <laughs> So let's see what we can do. Welcome, Phoebe. How are you today? I'm so well. How are you? All right. First thing, like I take a lot of pride in being an international man of mystery, so to speak, being all over the world. But Hmm. you have got me Trump, girl. I'm telling you, I, (laughs) I follow you on social media and you are everywhere. Gotta always compete, you know? I I knew that you're all over. I'm just trying to keep up with you all the time. What's where are you right now? I'm actually in Connecticut at the moment. Um, I was in Denver over the weekend with NFL flag. We had the Denver Broncos regional tournament. 
Uh, and then this weekend, I'm actually going to go to the Vandy Kentucky game down in Nashville. So some more football in my life. And by the way, congratulations. You guys are going to the playoffs. Yes, we are. Yes, I, I'll give you my Jim Moore. Playoffs? Playoffs! <laughs> hey, tell us how the experience coaching in Germany was. Oh, man. It was so cool. It was, I mean, what an opportunity, first off, to live in a foreign country and get to do something you love like that, right? I mean, I knew going into it that it was going to be a challenge in a lot of ways because on defense alone, I had people who were German from Switzerland, Belgium, <laughs> France, Poland, Finland. I mean, it was wild, the different languages, but it really made me have to evaluate how I actually talk to the guys and how I get information across, which was something I was looking forward to. Um, I mean, one guy on D-line, I knew he was German, but he kept being like, mm-hmm, yes, yes. And I was like, all right, he's understanding what I'm saying. This man did not speak a lick of English. <laughs> not a bit. Not a lip at all. But he did always come to practice with a trunk full of beer. So <laughs> he, was, he was in the team for life. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you, fans that are watching this, that Phoebe who has had an opportunity to coach at the National Football League level as, as a tight end coach with, with the Buffalo Bills. And I have been around her on the field, and she is really, really an outstanding coach. And uh, her gender has absolutely nothing to do with it because I think this one of the things – you're a trailblazer in this business, a trailblazer in the world, and I'm so proud of what you've done. And I think about, you know, because I had a daughter and I think about, you know, when my daughter was young and she was an athlete and there really were, there was no place to go. And she, she ended up going, she went as an athlete to Purdue and was, a, went into a study of dietetics because she wanted to work for a team. And that was about the only way was to be on the medical side or on the nutrition side. But you've, you've, broken that barrier down how does that feel do you, like do you think about that ever what what exactly you're doing definitely and i guess before you even get to that level i mean people like yourself jeff right like i am on the shoulder of giants like yourself and a lot of us women wouldn't be where we were where we got to or where we're going without men in our lives or people in your positions who who don't see the gender right who just think this is someone who's really good at a job and I think they can influence and have a really big impact in the football world, right? Or whatever part or what sport they're working in. And I think, you know, sometimes we overlook that. I think there's too much sometimes where we're saying, oh, it's a man's world, it's a man's world. Well, there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying it's a man's world, but also acknowledging there are some incredible men like yourself who are out there doing awesome things for us women. And so we're, grateful to you guys to bring us into that space because that's not an easy thing to do right that's going against the grain and going against what you've ever kind of grown up and, and worked within so just not like i'm trying to represent the entire female community but genuinely thank you so much to you and others like yourself who do so much to give us an opportunity and and help to you know let us flourish really 
So All right. Are you still playing? Are you, do you, I know you're competitive and you're, do, you're doing like, this is one of the things I said. That I, that's why I love following you so much on social media because I'm learning about sports I never even heard about that you're involved <laughs> in. And are you still are you still playing? Are you going to be on the GB national team again? And all yeah, that? yeah. So we've got GB um, flag football, and that's going to be at the so basically the world championships are coming up in December in Israel. Uh, then we'll have the World Games in Alabama next summer, which will be incredible. Uh, we also um, I'm very fortunate to captain the women's contact team, and we've got the world championships next summer with that as well. And then also captaining England, Kabuddy, which is that crazy game that you see me play. Uh, and that's just, I mean, that's a blast. And you get to travel to unbelievable places in the world and meet amazing humans from all different backgrounds. Like, I feel so fortunate. Now I know I can't play forever, but, you know, if I can do both at the moment, why not take advantage of it? Absolutely. Don't, I mean, and that's the same, that's the same thing I tell our players all the time. You know, it's such a small window in your life. You better you know, enjoy every second of it and prolong it as long as you possibly can. Want to ask you a question. Obviously, you're very close to the Bills, right? Yeah. You you have a much, much better appreciation for that organization and Coach McDermott and what he's trying to build. He and, and uh, Brandon Bean are building, uh, you know, along with the Pagulas in, in Buffalo. Stubbed their toe in a mighty way last week. Right. Yes. Now, for for fans, sometimes we don't understand or unless you're intimately involved in the game, just how good every professional football team is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say any good a given Sunday and it, it, it was true last week when they lost yeah. to lost to Jacksonville. What's your take on what Sean's message will be and how he'll handle this with his football team? I think really it's, you know, I think he knows that Josh is going to be feeling so much pressure right now. And that's who he knows that he's going to have to nurture through this. Now, Josh hasn't had one of those games in a, like in a few years, essentially. I mean, he's been doing really well. He's been progressing. I mean, you and I know that there is no, you know, you might be getting bitter, but you're only a little bit of, on, of a part on the mountain. And I think, you know, we're allowed to have these drops and players like these NFL players are still human. So, you know, I still think there was the effort there, but they were not themselves. I think what the what probably is going to be most disappointing for him is I know he's a really big believer, you know, from Andy Reid that going into bye week, you win the game. Coming out of the bye week, you win a game. And, you know, I think what he's going to be messaging back to him is we didn't do the right thing during that time off. Like we didn't take advantage of that time and, I think that's going to be the emphasis there is we didn't pay attention to the, to the details and we beat ourselves in that. It wasn't anything that, that Jacksonville did. It was us. And how do we now go forward? You, know, you almost have to bring it in and give them less freedom. You know, we've talked before about how coach McDermott says, you know, these are your boundaries and you can do whatever you'd like within these boundaries, within this fence line, but don't go outside of that. And for me, he might just bring that fence line in a little bit more. Okay. Now, uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's so good to be, have you here. Are you going to be back in London anytime soon? Am I going to get to see you on, on overtime? Are we going to do an overtime or two together? Yeah, I hope so. I can't wait to have you back. And you're looking very well, by the way, you look like you've lost some <laughs> weight. You got that tan going. I know. And we'll see each other in real life on overtime. I mean, Hannah and Josh are missing you big time. So 
They can't wait. That's a great. I'll tell you what, that is such a great show. Like it blew me away last year when, when I, I mean, I had no idea what I was walking into. Right. And then we yeah. sat there on the couch that first time and I thought, man, this is really a great show. And I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's, you know, continued to, you know, head in that direction. Um, before I let you go, we play this little game all the time when we have guests on and you're not exempt from having to do it. Right? <laughs> so, so we play a little word association game, right? Uh -oh. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to say something or so about some, I'm give you a name or a situation or whatever. And I want you to tell me the first thing that pops into your mind. Okay. okay. I'm terrible right. at these games. I'm preempting right. that. <laughs> I may stump you with the first one, but I may okay. not. Babe Diedrichson Zaharias. Oh man. Uh, baller. <laughs> can i go with that <laughs> yes you can that's actually a very that's a very timely and topical you know explanation that's a great word i tell you because she truly was a phenomenal yeah. phenomenal yeah. maybe the first high profile female athlete in the world yeah and, and really was much like you a trailblazer in her in her you know in her time so um Dawson Knox. Intelligent. Okay. All right. Now that was <laughs> You're going with one what, word, now, right? what, expound on expound on that one now. What makes you say intelligent about Dawson Knox? You know what? I, I, I'm getting all these insider things now. I'm getting a little <laughs> I, just being in the room with him, right? Like he was in so when he was a rookie, he had more reps than Greg Olson ever had, right? So my coach was, was Greg Olson's coach when he was a rookie. And he had more reps in, in OTAs than anybody else. And, you know, the way that he took on that challenge and the way that he understands football and he can just feel it. I mean, he's just a really smart guy. And even if you watch him or listen to any of like the mic'd up or anything like that, you can tell that he is an intelligent guy. And, and I think, you know, we watch the NFL and we think, okay, these athletes are amazing. They just understand it all. I mean, but you and I both know these guys run the wrong routes. They read the wrong thing. And that makes a really big difference. When you've got a smart football player who's athletic as opposed to just an athletic football player. Gotcha. All right. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to another intelligent, smart guy. <laughs> Brian Dable. Ooh. Um, what's a good word? Uh, that is a really tough one, you know, to think of one word for him. Uh, Oh my gosh. You, can, you don't have to be one word. You can, you can give me word. a sentence or two sentences. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. He is competitive. He is exciting. Uh, and he knows what he wants. All right. I don't know if it's great. Right. <laughs> Sean McDermott. Ooh. Culture guy. Empathetic. Amazing leader. Kim Pagula. True trailblazer. <laughs> I don't know how she juggles everything she juggles, being a mom here, an owner here. They have their sports entertainment company. I mean, she is an, an athlete mom as well. Her daughter is was competing in the Olympics for tennis. I mean, they're just an unbelievable family. But she is she's an inspiration, really. The Bills Mafia. <laughs> wild <laughs> absolutely 
off their rockers wild and I love everything about it. <laughs> I, now, do you have still as an athlete, right? Do you still have goals that drive you daily? Yeah. Yeah. Can, I, you, share I, I those with Can you share those with us? Absolutely. I think you need to. I mean, to every detail of, of what you're working at, whether even as a coach, right? So for me, I want to, I want to, I, for example, right? I go to the gym and I love going to the gym. I feel good about it. But when I'm at the gym, I actually am thinking I am going to be the best linebacker at my position. I am outlifting. I'm outworking, outrunning. Like I'll be on the treadmill, which I hate to be clear. And I'll be thinking, okay, like literally imagining and visualizing plays in my head as, as a linebacker. But for me, you know, I definitely want to, I want to place in the like top two for the world championships for contact football um, within flag. I want to finish in the top eight because we want to compete in the world games. And I know that we can do that. And I think it's really important to have goals because otherwise, as most of us know, especially over these past few years, it's really easy to just kind of lay back and think, Oh, I'll go there tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. But when you really think I've got people who are relying on me, who are waiting for me to be that example, it really pushes you. And I'm, I feel fortunate that I, I have that. I'm fortunate that I've got so many great people and teammates in my life and it makes me want to be the best version of myself. Well, I think certainly the GB national team has picked the right captain when they picked you because that's exactly if I, if I could have written a speech for what you would say you would want your captain to be like, it would be exactly like that, Phoebe. I think that's awesome. Girl, it has been a pleasure as always having you with us. And, you know, um, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sure our paths are going to cross soon and, and that we'll, you know, we'll have a chance to talk some more ball. Always a blast having you on the show. And again, how can people who want to know more about what you're doing, what you're doing and what you're, where you're going and, you know, the, the, like this girl's every, I mean, she's, she's an equestrian person over here. She's got football and she's got, what is that sport again? I saw that crazy thing. You guys Kabuddy. Kabuddy. Now Kabuddy, check out Kabuddy because it's like crazy. Mm -hmm. But how can people, how can people tune into you? Phoebe? Uh, follow me on Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook. It's all Phoebe Schechter or Phoebe S uh, underscore PT. And then otherwise the UK Jukes, we try and document as much as we possibly can. But honestly, if there's ever anything I can do for anyone, please feel free to reach out. This is all of us worldwide trying to grow the the game, whether it's fans or players or coaches. I know, you know, Jeff does an amazing job of that. So if, if we can help anybody, you know, please reach out. But I think it, it doesn't matter if you're a young boy or a young girl, but if you're an athlete and you have aspirations in this game, Follow Phoebe because she is a she's she's going to show you not she embodies what it's like to be a champion and to be a winner. Thank you so much for your kind words. You're amazing. <laughs> You're amazing. And I can't wait to see you in London. All right. Well, that's it's going to be it ain't going to be long. I hope I got a championship ring on when I come over there. But oh, yeah. always good. Take care. Miss you. And we'll see you down the road. Thank you so much. All right. Aloha. That is Phoebe Schechter, one of the really fine people in this business and a great coach, a great player still. 
and one of the most if there was if there was a you know how they have that the most interesting man in in the world that those commercial phoebe would do that if, if there was the most interesting woman in the world i'm picking phoebe phoebe's awesome phoebe came on our show in london as well and just to take the time to speak to us and even i guess taking the time to speak to you tonight jeff everyone's just so busy it's it's always great to hear phoebe uh, phoebe's news and she's obviously flying she's on nfl overtime there in sky the last few weeks and uh yeah it's been as just actually just tweeted there it's hard to believe london's a month ago already but uh great to hear from phoebe and uh jeff i'm sort of hoping that you're going to get a bit of breaking news before the show goes off but it's, it's not going to happen can i just publicly say congratulations i watched the game until mid fourth quarter and then i went to bed because you you won the game on it was over then I, I didn't want to text you and be like the game's over but you guys are flying and obviously in the playoffs now and um when do the playoffs start two weeks two weeks we've got uh we got two games left to play in the regular season we play toronto which is a huge game this weekend because it'll be for first place in the east you really want to win the east because if you win the east you get a buy in the first round in the playoffs now we're guaranteed a playoff spot but the seeding in the playoffs will be you know it's going to come down to the, probably the last week of the season we need to go up to Toronto and play well and beat them. They've beaten us two of the last three. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's going to be a great environment, going to be a great game. And I think it's going to be Friday night, so you'll probably have it on BT Sport if you want to watch it. Um, you know, they're they're extremely good. They got Shane Ray, who you might remember was uh, – Is he open to CFL now, yeah? Yeah, first-round draft pick. He's playing for them now. And, and uh, Coney Ely, who was another high-round draft pick, of Carolina he's playing for them they've got a great football team and we're gonna have to play our best to win BT Sport 3 early Saturday morning half past 12 Hamilton at Toronto looking forward to it Jeff I'll try and watch it live but that was a great thing last week before everybody in North America changed their clocks it was a dream four hours time difference like just sitting watching it it was uh, nice it was for that little bit of, that bit of time that it was that way hey what do we got? I, I saw Fred Flunk is is still licking his wounds from what that whooping is about. I'm telling you, the Cowboys, as soon as I say that the Cowboys are for real, they go out and lay an egg. It's like it's it's I I'm like the kiss of death for them. Man, I couldn't see that coming a mile off. I, I couldn't see I, I was stunned. Um, and apparently from talking to boys at the game on Sunday, big Broncos fans, they were saying it was like a home game. Uh, like it was nuts. Um, Fred Flunk was saying, like, you know, obviously, high, high Flunk, he said Dallas killed him on Sunday. He was saying there, Jeff, are the Raiders one or two steps away from self combustion? Like, I mean, like the Raiders have had a brutal couple of weeks losing in New York as well last weekend. Uh, and we have a few questions on Twitter as well. I'll, I'll read them out after. But the Raiders, Jeff, is a crazy situation. Yeah, you know, I think, I think the Raiders are you know, what the Raiders are, you know, they're, they're a team that's a, a good football team that can play down to their competition. Like a lot of teams can, you have to understand. I think it's important. People really appreciate the fact that every professional football player is a good player, right? These are the, these are the 2000 or 2,500 best players in the world. And it doesn't take much, you know, not, not being tuned in, not being ready to play a bounce of the ball, an official's call, and then all of a sudden you look around and it's 9-6, Jacksonville beats Buffalo. You know, the Raiders go to New York and get beat. The Broncos win. The Cowboys get beat. I mean, and, you know, you you, you look down and, and, you know, it's all around the league. I mean, 
the Ravens have to go to overtime to beat Minnesota at home. I mean, it just, it's crazy. It's, it's, but it's exactly what the league wants. And I, I think it's great for the fans. It's hard. It makes it hard to pick games, but I tell you what, it is, it is what I think people want to see. Everybody wants a chance to win. Yes, sir. Your man, Nick Ferguson's asking questions. He's saying, so what's been the key to the Ticat success this season? Shane played for us here in Denver. There you go. Nick Ferguson <laughs> checking it. Nick, Nick is checking in. Nick is, uh, you know, he's been banging that drum out there in Denver. And, you know, he as an ex-player, I understand where he's coming from because he played for the Broncos at a time when the Broncos were one of the most, you know, highly esteemed franchises in the National Football League where they expected to be in the playoffs. They expected to make Super Bowl runs. They expected to play great every Sunday. And they, they've kind of lost that you know, they've lost that luster a little bit. Now, obviously, this past weekend was a huge win for the Broncos. I mean, a huge win. And it could be a catapult win for them because they're not out of that division yet. There's a lot of football left to be played in the second half of the season. We've got a question here from Stephen. Where is Odell Beckham going to land up? I, I really hope, I, like, he cleared waivers at 9 p.m. our time, Jeff, 4 p.m. Eastern. Any thoughts on that? Or, or do you think he'd go to a contender? Even? Well, I think he wants to go to a contender. He said he wants to go to a contender. You look at places where they need help at receiver. New England is one that would you would tick that right off the top. Green Bay would be another one. You can tick that right off the top. Those are both contenders. Uh, obviously, you know, the Rams, but I don't know if the Rams could afford that, you know, inside the cap. Uh Seattle would be another team that obviously need, would welcome another offensive threat to go with what they have. Um, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting one. You know, he wants to go to a contender, but if he's going to go to a contender, that contender's got to know what they're getting when they get him because you're getting the whole package when you get OBJ. Now, again, he has not been that difference maker for whatever reason in the last couple of years doesn't mean he's over the hill doesn't i'm not saying that what i'm saying is what you're mm. getting is not the guy that we remember in new york now is he still got elite talent i believe so and it, it, how you've got to be comfortable with though your locker room when you bring him into your locker room do you have a strong enough locker room to weather that and, and again i think it's interesting you know the the you know, there, there's a lot of people that would love to have a guy as talented as he is. Last question here is from Alan O'Grady. I'm presuming Alan Jeff is in Ireland. I'm just going to presume with his surname. Uh, <laughs> no running game. There's no running game in Miami. Is an elite coach needed? What do you think? Well, I, I think I think what's happening in, in in Miami is really, you know, it's it's really tough to watch because. You know, here they go get 10 wins last year. The expectations through the roof. Everybody's saying that they're going to challenge the Bills for the Eastern Division Championship. Um, for whatever reason, even in the offseason, there was this current of negative energy around Tua and his ability to be the franchise quarterback. Uh, then they had the injury situation. They lost a lot of players in free agency. When you lose guys... And, you know, you look at how Gruger Hill has played in Houston and, you know, 
Kyle Van Noy has played in New England. I mean, those are those are those are big losses, right? And you know, they had to hold out DB at the start. There's just been so much circulating around this team. And you know, uh, you got another, you know, you go through another offensive coordinator, and you know, I, I think it's all kind of caught up to him. Now, I don't know if Flores can weather the storm. That's going to be interesting to see. Um, but certainly, you know, two is on the hot seat. Flores is on the hot seat. You know, um, all that speculation around, you know, what was going on with Deshaun Watson didn't help. You know, there's just so much outside noise. Mm. And, you know, th- let's be honest. I think because of their location and where they're at and, you know, the South Florida, it's, it's you know, you're not in Green Bay. You're not in a place where you can, you're insulated from a lot of things. You're right in the heart of it. And there's a lot of distractions in that town. So, you know, it, it has some challenges and, you know, the challenges have caught up to the, to the Dolphins this year. Um, really, frankly, I don't want to see Flores lose his job. I think he's a good football coach. Um, and I'd like to see them dig in and, and, you know, say, no, we're committed to the direction we're going now. Mr. Ross is is well into his seventies or eighties, so again, he may say, "Now my cl- my talk, you know, my clock is ticking. I'm making moves right now. We'll see." Uh, Alan replied saying yes, so he must be a very happy man right now, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> that that's all the questions I have at the minute. You're you're on BC Sport there Saturday morning, twelve thirty a.m. Ticat Nation all around the world be rising up because we uh, we need to do it. I think that you know. You look at last week, Mike, and, 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 you know, I think that's an indication of just how much parity there really is in the National Football League. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the NFC, and I don't see a dominant football team. I don't see a, you know, I, I, you look at the AFC, and you, you can see three or four or five maybe teams that you say, those teams have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. I think it's going to be kind of a last man standing in the, in the NFC. I've never seen, look, every season's open. It's always open around Thanksgiving, around the start of the playoffs. It's always open every week, but I've, I've never seen a season where it's so open. And I can't call it, I really can't call it. I, I picked the Titans on my other show on Sunday to beat the Rams, but I didn't think they would go to LA and, and play like that. Did anybody think whenever Patrick Mahomes signed a half billion dollar contract that the Chiefs were going to play so poorly? I, well, I mean, it's so open, man. Let, yeah, let's talk about that because you know you look at that. They beat a Green Bay team with a backup quarterback who was who had thrown six passes going into the game. I think it was right. So if you're a Kansas City fan, you can't look at that win and say, "Oh, you know." we're, you know, we're out of the, you know, we're out of the woods, you know, we're, we're back to being Kansas city. They weren't able to push the ball down the field. Right. And I think that's what people have started to do to them to really frustrate them. And I, I, I still see Patrick Mahomes trying to make too many splash plays instead of just making the plays that he has to make. So Kansas city still has work to do. Now they are very talented and, you know, Let's see if this defense, this that real uptick that they had against Green Bay last week, and a rookie, or, you know, not a rookie quarterback, but a but a 
a guy who's played six play thrown six balls in his career. Let's see if that can hold up through the season. We'll see. Well, Jordan Love, I tell you what, Jeff, if Jordan Love had another five minutes on Sunday and a couple more drives in him, he, they probably would have won that game. I, I was shocked. Uh, the Chiefs took at the Raiders Sunday night. They got the Cowboys the week after. The Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Broncos. That, that, that's a tough schedule. That's, that's, that's a tough schedule. And, you know, you know, <sighs> one of the things that the NFL does with the schedule is if you win – you get a tougher schedule than the people at the bottom of it. They want this is exactly what they want. I think if they had their way, everybody would finish, you know, seven and seven, you know, and, and, uh, you know but it, it's going to keep the thing that's great about it, Michael, is it's going to keep interest peaked around the country all the way through the Super Bowl, right? Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm calling it now, Jeff. Just last last point for me. I I I know you're busy, man. I'm calling it now. The Chiefs, I think, are are going to play in Germany next year. I think they're going to be the first team to play in Germany. I, I, I saw Germany that you were country. making all those all those bold predictions. The way to what you call it, the way too early predictions. Yeah, I'm going to do this every year around week nine, week ten. Uh, I I've got a feeling the Chiefs. Now, I haven't been talking to Seabass. I know you haven't been like. There's a complete disclaimer. This has got no affiliation to anybody NFL anything. I've got a feeling they're going to try and bring Mahomes over, and I have a feeling it'll be an AFC West team. I think they're going to try right. and push it. What is the result of the straw poll that we took a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago about where we want to go do a live event? Oh, I'll tell you right now. Let me just log in. I haven't looked at it in like two weeks. Let me just check. Now, the last time I looked at it, because I wanted to speak to you first, Jeff, privately, because obviously you're talking about the playoffs, the dates. We're not too sure on the dates, but. I can tell you this just why I'm getting it up here. It was tight. It was very tight. And like so many people like voted, it was nuts. Uh right, let's have a look here at the results. I'm literally seeing this myself for the first time. Uh where do you want to go? Are you just chilling? Well, I want to go again? where the fans want us. I want to go where we can have a great evening and, and have a tremendous, you know, event. The thing is, Jeff, right? And and look, we're, we're live saying this on, on screen here. If you're back over here after, please God, the Great Cup, you're, you're in the UK, Ireland, whatever, until the end of January, early February. So like, this can happen during the playoffs as well, or we can we can do a Friday, Saturday, and you can sit and be hung over on a Sunday in the, in the Sky Studios. But uh, the, okay, so there was a few hundred responses, okay? Uh, Dublin, got the most response like, I'll, I'll i'll show you this in a second dublin got the most responses like by 10 percent. manchester manchester and glasgow are neck and neck and second and london's fourth now to, to be fair to each of those places there was 10 votes or 10 people in between dublin and manchester so it it wasn't even that much so it's like you it's know, too that's tight to call we got to keep it open for a couple more weeks right oh couple more weeks. put it, put okay. it out there okay. again put I'll it out there that. again and we'll see so then we get a clear-cut winner if not we may be making a road trip there's no reason jeff why you can't do glasgow on the friday dublin on the saturday and the week after we do london manchester and then easy but no look i think we'll definitely do something i'm looking forward to man i, I know you're gonna you're gonna bring your red game i know you can't wait to get over here again yeah i'm uh, looking forward to it be looking forward to spending some time with you 
doing, uh, you know, talking ball with the folks at Sky and, and uh, obviously um, all that, hopefully, after we win a championship. So that's all I got for tonight, Michael. It's been awesome again spending time with you, and, and we put another one in the jar. Appreciate everybody watching, listening to this. I'll put this up as a podcast in 10 minutes. Jeff, see you next week, man. Uh, Aloha. Thank you, fans.